The Gospel reading is found in the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, beginning of verse 24. After Jesus fed the 5,000 in the wilderness, they continued to follow him throughout the countryside. And in our reading today, Jesus challenged them to consider the real nature of their quests. The reading. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent, whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Beloved in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you feel like we just got dropped into the middle of a story, you are right. Last Sunday, we heard the beginning of this all, of how Jesus fed 5,000 people with only a few loaves and fish that had been brought for the day by a small child. From that little meal came a feast. From that one gesture of generosity and hope, came enough for the whole crowd, plus 12 baskets left over. But the story keeps going. Jesus realized that the people were so excited about what he had done for them that they wanted to put him in charge. They wanted to make him king. So he left and found a quiet place to rest. Meanwhile, his disciples got into a boat to head across the Sea of Galilee, and they found themselves in a storm. Before they quite realize what is happening, they look up and they see Jesus walking on the water toward them. They reach the other side, 
And as we picked up the story today, the crowd realizes that Jesus and the disciples are gone. So they get in their boats and they head to the other side of the sea to find them all, to find this person, this man who made such a miraculous feast for them. So yes, we started smack in the middle today, but I wonder if we might be even more in the middle of an ongoing story than just that. Because the crowd, struggling to understand who Jesus is and what he's really doing among them, suggests that in order to help them figure it all out, maybe Jesus could perform some kind of miracle. And they have just the one. They, they suggest that he look back in history to the story of manna in the wilderness for inspiration. The story of how God miraculously fed the people during their years in the wilderness. Maybe you could do that for us, Jesus, they say. Then we'd believe you. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm sorry, wait, are, are the people asking Jesus to miraculously provide bread while they are still eating the leftovers of the bread he miraculously provided yesterday, then, yes, you are correct. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. We could pause right here and spend the rest of the sermon recognizing the ways that we so often demand more from God with one hand while still holding God's countless gifts to us with the other hand but that sermon will have to wait for another day. Instead, let's stay right here in the middle of both of these bread stories and look more closely. The story of the manna comes from the book of Exodus, which tells us how God delivered the people of Israel from their generations of enslavement in Egypt. Once they make it through the Red Sea and safely to freedom on the other side, they find themselves without much of anything, and the bread that they made quickly to take with them runs out. In true human fashion, they almost immediately romanticize their past and complain about their present. Why, Moses, they said, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness just to kill us with hunger? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt for us? Oh, they say, Oh, for the days when we lived in Egypt and we ate cucumbers and meat and bread enough to fill our stomachs every day. Let's remember that the people have just escaped from hundreds of years of forced labor. History shows that those who endure those circumstances are not well-fed, well-rested, well-treated. Their lives are not valued and cared for. So we can be pretty sure that the Israelites' memory of Egypt here is faulty. <laughs> what they seem to long for is a life that they knew, even if it was full of struggle and pain. That the unknown in front of them is suddenly more terrifying than the past, even if the past was awful, and they are quick to turn backward. As ancient as that story may be, the mirror it holds up to our own behavior is eerily accurate. 
But for now, let's remember one more thing about the story of manna in the wilderness. And that is, the manna appears every morning, and the people are allowed to collect only what they need for that day. On the day before the Sabbath, they can collect enough for two days to give them a day of rest, but that's all. Every day, they must get up and trust that this flaky bread God is giving them will show up on the ground once more. Every day, for 40 years, they practice receiving daily bread. Oh, they try. (laughs) They try to hoard enough for a week or maybe two, but every time, the extra manna spoils. Some of them try to gather more than others, but when they measure it, everybody still has the same amount. Those who are stronger can't use their strength to hoard extra, and those who struggle to collect enough are never left behind. Manna is self-leveling. There's nothing that you can do or be or pay or earn to make your way around its daily discipline. There is enough for today. Years ago, I was given (coughs) this small replica, or this replica of the kind of small oil lamp we believe would have been common in Jesus' day, and maybe for hundreds of years before that. It's made of clay, has a little wick inside of it to provide the light. But what I mostly want you to notice is the size of it. It fits into the palm of your hand, which would probably make it easy to carry. But... How much oil could you fit in here, really? How long would it last? And how much light would go with you if you were carrying this in the dark? The answer is pretty easy, isn't it? (laughs) Not much. Enough oil for the darkness of one night, maybe? Enough light to take one more step? It's not a flashlight. It's certainly not a floodlight. It is enough unless we are so accustomed to defining enough by how we feel when we turn all the lights on in a room with one switch, or when we carry a powerful flashlight with us into the night air. This lamp is a lot more like manna, a lot more like loaves and fishes. It's enough for now. None of this is to romanticize or take lightly the stress of not knowing where your next meal is coming from or barely scraping by in a relentless economy. Over and over again, the Bible is clear that God's will and desire and call is for all people to be fed and rested and treated with justice and compassion. And constant worry about rent, food, jobs, health care, about what you will do if the car breaks down, or someone in your family gets sick, or your property tax bill soars, or your hours get cut at work. That constant stress and worry is not to be brushed aside by a pastor telling you that you should be happy with enough for today. At the same time, these stories of manna and the bread of life are honest about our ability to move so quickly from enough to just a little bit more. 
In these stories, we don't just see ancient people trying to hoard that flaky bread that appears in front of their tents every morning. We recognize our own desires to feel safe and protected and in control by gathering as much as we can and then some. We don't just see the crowd demanding more from Jesus while still chewing on the abundance he just provided. We see ourselves yearning for more, angling for more, trying to get our hands on more, even while we are still full from yesterday. And I'm thinking, too, about the particularly shifting ground of these days. Although we know that science is a process of learning and adapting, and that as we learn more about the constantly changing landscape of COVID-19 and we factor in variants and vaccination rates, we know that the scientific guidance will change, and that's a good thing. It's entirely possible to know that and still feel weary, still feel like we're losing ground, still feel like it's one step forward, two steps back, still wish we could just get ahead for a little while, just have enough security and safety for a couple weeks, just enough time to take a deep breath and reorient ourselves one more time. But it's not really happening that way, is it? Some things are hopeful and some things are worrisome. What we don't know about the Delta variant and waiting for kids under 12 to be eligible for vaccines and how our behavior has far-reaching impacts and how much we put each other at risk sometimes without even knowing it. So we put our masks back on and we remember once more that this isn't over yet but we're tired. Even here in a nation with unparalleled access to vaccines, we're tired. And so we find ourselves right in the middle of a story too, wondering what comes next. What we see in here today in our biblical witness reminds us that our struggles to understand how much is really enough and our anxiety about the, the unknown, and our fears that there isn't true security unless we grab as much as we can, and our ability to forget our own history, and our capacity to forget whose world this really is. All of that is in the middle of every story. We will never stop struggling with these things, so we might as well be honest about it. And our biblical witness reminds us over and over again how God provides manna in the wilderness, water in the desert, a feast from the loaves and fishes, and the bread of life. Our futile attempts to control the future cannot disrupt God's determination to keep showing up one day at a time, one small lamp at a time, one morsel of bread at a time. God's call to make this world more just and hopeful is an urgent one, but it is also urgent that we notice the bread that is already in our hands, the manna 
that is already in front of us, the light that is leading us one more step. There is enough. There is enough for one more day. We keep on the journey together then. Amen.